about rock climbing then? Let's go quick story. Okay. So, quick story rock yeah. climbing. <laughs> before we knew how to rock Bef- climb. Oh, yeah. Way Is before. That we're going? <laughs> do you so do you remember the one where I was looking into last time on Bowling Pitcher? Do you do you have any recollection of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I again I don't know how accurate my memory is of that one. Yeah. But um yeah, and like so many early like playing on rocks things after I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing was like so idiotic. Oh yeah. It was really dumb. Yeah. So in your estimation, how high was that that wall we were climbing? About fifty feet. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was felt yeah. it was. <laughs> at the at the most. It wasn't more no. because it wasn't a big wall by any means. No. But it was far enough to where and it was um fallen basalt though for probably like um probably another fifty feet of elevation. If not a hundred. Maybe. Yeah. It was... But you know, it's always hard to say when you once you add a slope to it, it's hard to calculate that. True. But yeah, so there's all that fallen basalt rock and out of Riverside State Park where the basalt is like notoriously not stable. Yeah. And the reason there are not climbing routes in that area <laughs> is because you can't put bolts on that stuff because it just falls apart. Like it doesn't, Yeah. it doesn't hold. Exactly. So, cause there's other parts of Riverside state park that do have climbing routes on them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but that's where the rock actually stays still. So, Man. so yeah, so this, this hill, you have to like scramble up this fallen basalt hill basically with constant, feet like slipping out from under you and it, again i think i think it's closer to 100 feet that you gotta crawl up this hill to get it was a to way get to sure. this wall. it's at least 50 but i mean my my feeling was it was like 100 and then we get to the top and we start climbing I th- and i remember is we climbed parallel to each other like just side mm-hmm. by side climbing up and mm-hmm. I don't remember it being a difficult climb. I remember it being relatively easy, a lot of, a lot of folds. Well, that's why we did it, mm-hmm. because it was looking at this like, oh, yeah. And and basalt also tends to be tricky that way anyway, mm-hmm. where it looks real easy to climb. And then sometimes it then quickly is yeah. not. But in this case, yeah, I don't remember that being a hard climb at no, all, and I rem- which is why we just kept going. Yeah, and I remember being pretty careful about it. I remember like, fo- like intentionally focusing on like we knew that if you fall, there's a, a very steep – <laughs> sharp basalt rocks where we're going to get super hurt no matter what. Yeah. So I remember being very intentional about like checking your handholds and footholds multiple times as you go, like making sure you're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the top of it, it was just like, that's a top of bump picture. So it's just like grass bluff. It's just nothing up there. But still on a steep slope. Well, I didn't realize <laughs> that until we got there. And so yes. I remember going up having a, a, pretty easy time for the most part and then got to the the top where i can see i can see the ledge like it slopes up and it's like all mossy basalt rock so it's mossy basalt rock mm-hmm. and i go to grab and the moss comes off and i'm like clearing away the moss and trying to find a handhold and i can't find anything and and then it was slippery and muddy under and that. i don't think i can see you at this point so we're 50 feet up and you're on the side of me, but I think we veered just away where I can't really make out where you are. That's my memory. Mm-hmm. And so I'm clearing around all the, all the, the moss and it, it was probably like five minutes, but it felt like a long time there at the, the top. I'm at the top and I can't get over cause it's just a steep, a steep bank up with muddy, mossy, slippery, sorry, can no hold. And I remember finding a hold finally. It's like I, I had probably had to reach for something really far. I don't remember exactly what I did, but I remember finding a hold and scrambling up and getting 
safe and then coming over <laughs> by you and you being stuck. Completely, completely stuck. Yeah. And I remember having to like, nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything to grab at all. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like pulling grass and moss and then it was just getting muddy. Yeah. So it was still really slippery. <laughs> and also I remember at the, as we're going, like what's normal is if you're 10 feet off the ground, you can down climb. Right. As soon as you get over 10 feet above and some people are really good mm-hmm. at it, but climbing down is so much harder than climbing. Oh, up. absolutely. And we were not experienced at climbing. At no. all. We're just screwing around. <laughs> didn't have any, we didn't have shoes that were good for this. We're probably in running shoes yeah. or skate right. shoes, you know, so nothing that's really going to be helpful at all. Yeah. So then our feet aren't gripping that much. We're basically doing chin-ups up the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then get to where now our hands don't work, but we don't know what we're doing with feet and we don't have proper shoes. Right. So it's just getting more and more slippery and we're way up there and I'm starting to think through, I think I have to down climb, but also if I do down climb, I don't think I make it down. Right. Like I kept trying to like move down a little bit and find a good foot spot and couldn't find it. Right. And, uh, yeah. So yes, I was there totally stuck. You got over the top and, um, yeah. And then I think if I remember right, you got in a place where you could basically give me a hand. I, I think there, there must've been a bush or something that I could hold on to or something. It was just further up than where I could reach. Yeah, yeah. And I could then give you a hand and hold on at the same time. Cause I remember, yeah, giving you just a little bit, you just need a little bit of a reach to get the hold you couldn't grab. And then you were able to scramble And up. even then, because the slope was, again, knowing what I know now with you, you're topping up while bouldering. If you have something that's, you know, more like straight up and then it's a 90 degree, mm-hmm. you can bend your body over that 90 degree and pull yourself across. But it wasn't. It was straight up to then almost straight up in grass. <laughs> exactly. So then you're like <laughs> scooting along that stuff. But that wasn't a safe place to be at all either, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, so no, we just got, yeah, got in there. And yeah, the, man, that could have gone so bad. It's really bad because if you fall from that, I mean, that's like multiple broken legs, um, arms, and most likely of severe head injury too. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you wouldn't have the, the impact of falling 50 feet to flat where it's like, okay, probably just dead, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but you would then tumble another hundred feet down sharp rock that then is, it's just going to hit everything. There's no way you're stopping any of that Yeah, as you're going down. I don't remember if we had a conversation afterwards, but I remember being very clear in my head that I don't want to climb up anything that I'm not willing to fall down off of after that. (laughs) I'm like, if I'm okay falling or jumping off of this, I'll climb it with like very little, little risk of injury. But yeah. it, it, after that, so it's like 10, 15 feet, maybe 20 if it's really safe. But like, that's right. it. I'm done. <laughs> and I I'd put myself in that position several times before that. Yeah. And that one, I think, was one of the scariest for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, it definitely did. I don't know if I actually stopped doing things like that at that point. But it did put a pause in it like, okay, I like doing mm-hmm. this, but I'm going to have to know how to do it right. if I'm going to continue doing yeah. this. And um, and so I, I, I think that I um, kind of steered away from those things Yeah, you totally. know, until like I actually learned how to do it. <laughs> yeah, and there was a lot of years, at least for me, before I learned how to actually climb uh, and, and properly mm-hmm. and correctly. But I still don't have a desire to do even though I was climbing a lot, never wanted to do anything high like that again. It just wasn't Yeah. It's not appealing to me at all. Like yeah, I'm I went and did some top rope stuff with you um somewhere in Spokane, like quite a few years back when I was climbing a lot. 
And I remember getting up like three quarters of it and I'm just like, I, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> it's too high. So, so you and I have a, you know, we, we both really like to go out and adventure and stuff right. and, you know, go out and just find, you know, just get, I think that there's a little bit of a drive for both of us that's similar where we have a curiosity to, um, you know, what's around the next oh, corner, yeah. what's over there, you know, and that sort of thing. But we tend to adventure in opposite ways. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I always want to know what's at the top of things. So, yeah. you know, like even where you and I pick different camping spots, you want to camp by water, you tend to be in a valley. I want to camp at the top of a mountain. Right. And so, um, for me, that is the curiosity. I want to know what's up there and I want to know what the view's like from up there is just what I was in it. Like everywhere I go, I always want to know, Hey, what's at the top? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that always happens. So I don't, so I don't think though you have the drive in the same way. So what motivates you then? What's, where's the difference here? It, it, it is the, it's the adventure and the curiosity for sure, but it's just, I don't want to do that much work for it. Okay. <laughs> it's la- it, I didn't think it was from a laziness standpoint. No, it's pure laziness. I mean, that's what most of my desire for things, adventure stuff is. Like, how can I go into this with the least amount of work and, and uh-huh. still, and still have fun. So I'm willing to put in a lot of work, but I don't want to put in that much. Right. So there's our big difference between the two of us. Cause for me, the work is the fun. Yeah. And that the work is not the fun, the work I'm willing to do. And I'm willing to work really, really hard for, for things that I want. And so like, I'm not, I wouldn't classify mm-hmm. myself as being a lazy person, but it's gotta be worth it. And I gotta have motivation for it. Cause like, like, right. so that's the, the rock climbing thing is, is a perfect example is going up, you're climbing and I got, you know, I don't know how high the wall was. Couldn't have been maybe seven, I don't know, 50, 70 feet, something. And I got three quarters up and I'm mm-hmm. like, I just don't care to reach the top. My arms are burning. I can get the same level of satisfaction from bouldering up to 10 feet. And sure. I don't get the reward at the top of jumping down or something, you mm-hmm. know, like, like belaying <laughs> down isn't fun to me. Whereas like bouldering, you get to go and you just jump off the top yeah. and that's super fun. <laughs> Um, I wonder though, if you, if, what if you like, have you done very much repelling, um, where you get to repel yourself? Down? No, that's the only time I've ever repelled. So oh, I've okay. never done it at all. Cause I think that would probably, cause I, man, I also don't, I mean, when you climb with someone that you're used to all the mm-hmm. time and then they know how to lower you in the right way, then you can, it can still be fun because you know exactly what to expect. You know, they speed up when they see certain sections, they slow down certain sections. You just know it. Like Christy and I know how to lower each other exactly the way we gotcha. want. And I have a few other climbing friends that are like that too, where you just know exactly what to expect. Yeah. But it's not abnormal. I get top of something. It's a little bit tricky. And, um, if I have to reconnect the rope up there, cause we're going to bail out anyway, yeah. I'll reconnect it and run both lines all the way to the ground and then rappel on my own instead. Oh, okay. Cause, cause then I get to control how fast I go. And in certain sections, I go really fast. I can really launch yeah. out and then I can go slower when it's like, well, I might break my leg if I do that here. Yeah. And, um, anyway, you might get a kick out of it if you got that opportunity it's very possible it's possible i just haven't put in the you know the time to do it and to learn where the fun of it is but at, mm-hmm. at a at a glance from the outside perspective and a little bit i've done like i just you know it's getting the the whole so much work to get up to the top just isn't right isn't there well it's like it's like hiking over here for me people want to go on hikes and they want to see they always talk about the views like oh if you go up to 
um, Mount Kilichuk over here, or Mailbox Peak, or like all these all these cool mm-hmm. hikes that are very difficult. Like it's so cool. You're up top and you see, you know, the whole state and all these mountains and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I've seen that on just snowboarding. Like right. it's not that cool. So if I go up and I hike, I want to jump in a lake or something. You know, like I want the reward uh-huh. to be tangible, not just like a view. Because yeah. a view, I've seen tons of cool views. Like, and they're all kind of the same after a certain point. Sure. And so it feels opposite to yeah. me. They're all different. <laughs> like, no, exactly. Like, no, I want to. I, I want to always see another view <laughs> from the top, or even if it's the same one I see all the time. Like, even just, even just moving where we live now, where I live on the side of a hill. Yeah. So I have, and it's not a bunt. It's not like a great yeah. view, but it's not like living down in town, yeah. right? So like, I have a little bit of a view, and that it never gets old for me. Still, even that where it's not the best. But I'm just up a little yeah. bit, and I can sit on my deck and look out over that all day long. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, and I don't want to downplay how much I do value a view because I do, I do enjoy it. I think it's just the work for the view isn't worth it sometimes. It's just yeah. it's how much work for the view because I can get a really good view a lot of ways with less work. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just the sure. laziness sort of comes back to. It. I just don't want to work that. It's got to be worth it to do a lot of work, and. Well, what's what's great about this conversation right here is <laughs> it fits into our. Um, I think what's really helpful about like what I'm seeing as a general theme mm-hmm. to our conversations here is our general theme is that um, okay, so we might do these things. We have similar things there, but the motivation for all those things is different. Yeah. Also, um, it's not like you just you know, okay, so we like doing these things, you know, some of the activity things, but also just, we like doing things that keep us fit. And Mm -hmm. that is not because we're, um, not lazy or you just, or you just like, don't have that other thing, you know? So like everyone struggles with these Mm -hmm. things of, um, this is hard. I don't want to do it. Right. And there's a certain types of hard in some areas. And I, I just noticed that I think that for, everyone I know has, um, a drive to push through some hard things in some areas Mm -hmm. because they just want to, and it's fun Mm -hmm. and not much of a drive through the other things because there hasn't been a thing there that really benefits them. And right here's a perfect example where the drive for you to get to the top of a mountain, you know, and the work that it takes to get there, it's not worth it to you. Like that's not fun for you, you know, and where for me, that's super fun. So if I do have a day off, yeah, I do want to go to the top of the mountain. I want to see what's up there again, even though I've already been there several times, you know, like right now there's two inches of snow on Mount Spokane. I want to hike up there. I want to see what it's really like. The snowboarding down would be horrible. I'd enjoy walking up there the entire time. I would like every bit of it, you know? And so that's where, you know, and I think that, um, that sometimes, uh, you know, depending on, we, you know, we look at people that are maybe more fit than us and you think, oh, they don't have that thing mm-hmm. or they know how, or they know how to push harder than us, or maybe they just enjoy a different thing more, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, people that might be less fit than where we're at, well, they've got to drive somewhere else probably, you know, and more respect for a different thing. But I do find that it seems that humans all kind of work in this general area where we have things that we do have the drive for and we have things we don't. Yeah. I also think that people's level of hard is just different. What like mm-hmm. what is hard for somebody is only, is like it's not harder or more. What I'm trying to say the the suffer someone is willing to go through 
is specific to their experience. And so sure. it, objectively on the outside, it might look like it's easy for someone else, but if that's the hardest they've ever worked, that's the hard they know. They know that difficulty. Right. And it takes a, a substantial shift in uh, mindset to get over that hump and work hard for something else, you know, from, right. you know, from, from a weight loss perspective, you, it's a lot of work to lose weight, you know, body fat. And then you get to a point where you kind of, as you lose more, it gets harder and harder. You have to, your discipline has to be more and you have to be put in more work or more, at least more effort to get to that, that last little bit, if we're talking, you know, the under 10% body fat for men, that type of thing. And so I think people, what they're willing to go through, like a hike, you know, it's really, this hike is really, really hard. It's a three mile with a thousand elevation. That's not that hard, but for them, that's the hardest they've ever done. That's a really hard hike. Yeah. You know? It's not going to feel great. A thousand elevation is always a significant Exactly. <laughs> right. So like, it just depends on, on what, yeah, I think the exactly what you're saying. People have are willing to do, um, hard things, but the hard is relative to their life. And it might not be hard and for us or it might be really hard for us because it's totally different what we're willing to put ourselves through. Well, I think that can be an encouraging thing for people too is, um, yeah, so this is an area where for me, I, I want to do it. It's enjoyable. It's not different than though. So like you're much more of a musician than I am. Like I can play some things a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, the getting good at an instrument for me is extremely difficult. Mm. Like that is not something I want to push through at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that's way harder for me than going for a long, hard run yeah. or, you know, or the other athletic things. And so I see my friends that have all that, that musician ability and, um, they're not ability, the, the drive in that mm -hmm. way. And, um, man, I don't have that at all. So there's several things that are similar to that, that like, that seems way too hard. <laughs> yeah that, that's <laughs> you know, where you're worth it like, isn't there yeah it's not there and yeah and and it's overwhelming to even think about you know getting better at any of the instruments i can play a little bit the idea of trying to figure out how to play better than where i'm currently at is is excruciating hard to even think about yeah it's like when like i i'm exactly the same i think just on a different level than you when it comes to music it's mm -hmm. like I'm willing to go to a certain point with practice and effort, but only to a point. I remember yeah. a, a turning point for me like 10, 10, 12 years ago over here in Seattle, all the bands I was in were kind of breaking up. They weren't going anywhere. And I had a couple studio opportunities and I sort of recorded with a couple people. And then it was like a fork in the road. It's like, okay, I, my life could be this. I could go. I have the talent. I know to do to go this route and be a professional drummer but i need to start taking a lot more lessons and put a lot more work into it and practicing a lot more and i you know thought about it for a while and i'm like i don't care enough <laughs> you know i don't like it that much right. to put that much more work into it you know i hate practicing you know i like mm -hmm. to practice with people I, I like the art of creating music i like the collaborative aspect of it and so i like to be good enough to do that but to sit down like like our friend luke who is a professional drummer he would just sit and play and still does forever and you're like i yeah. just 
don't care that much to sit and play by and myself. And he has that drive exactly. with all the different things. That's why he was such a good skateboarder too. He can sit and just do the same thing over and over yeah. and over again to perfect it. Yeah. And um, and I think you have a little more of that than I do as far as on certain things. hitting something and just doing that. And I am so on to the next thing so quickly, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and so it doesn't, that doesn't work very well, but I do have, and I also get content with like, well, like my skateboarding where you're like, okay, well, I learned how to do this thing, which basically I haven't improved much since the one year that we really pushed hard at yeah. it and got really broken. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as like arc skating, I haven't, I haven't really improved since then. At all, I've probably gotten more comfortable. I'm, I'm more fluid mm -hmm. now and stuff like that. But I can't do anything that I couldn't do then yeah. at all. And it's been now, geez, almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I know. Since we did that one summer and like really pushed hard to try and get good at that. And, um, but I just, man, I don't have that drive there. I don't like the idea of the amount of pain for that I'm going to have to take mm -hmm. in order to get to that next level. And so I just kind of stalled out there. And, um, you know, and, and I'm happy with where I'm at with that. But that's where climbing for me is the other way around, mm -hmm. where like I'm looking at um, there's certain types of routes at a certain level that I'm not at yet that looks so much fun. Oh, yeah. And so I do want to go out and climb five days a week to get that, you know, and like that's not reasonable at all these days. And I'm going to have to get that kind of fitness to get up to the level. But it's like you look at that rock wall, I'm like, ooh, that's the one I want to do. <laughs> and every time I look at it, I'm like, okay, those are all rated at this level that's a little yeah. beyond where I'm at now. And it's going to take a serious push to get yeah. there. But uh, anyway, so there's a number of things like that. But I, I think that's also a getting older thing too where I can do that without serious injury. I can do that without breaking any bones. I can get to that next level with – climbing like that relatively safely i just need to get better fitness mm -hmm. and i also need to um you know better technique and just get better at it really put in some miles on the wall and then running is the exact same thing yeah. again where it's like well i'm not going to get hurt doing it so that's nice it doesn't take me out for the rest of my life you know yeah that's where but, but for, for me that's exactly yeah. where skateboarding got to it's not at it's not at that level currently but after that summer of getting very broken but i mean luckily nothing serious i mean i have a I have a bone fragment in my hip floating around that it gives me problems every now and then. But aside from that, it wasn't, you know, no, no other broken bones during that time. And, <laughs> and once I, it was the next year, right? Uh, yeah, maybe it was the next year. Well, it was only a wrist though, you know, a small little bone in the wrist. That's not that big a deal. I did it, yeah, it again later. It was kind of a big deal. Eh, kind of. I mean, it was all right. That's fine. <laughs> I didn't know it was broken for like a month, though. I yeah. thought it was just sprained. The next time I broke it, and it was, was broken. What'd you say? The repairing that, if I remember right, was no, no, no. Later, that's no. Uh, so when I broke my wrist, when I we were still in Spokane skateboarding, that was just like a small little crack, and um, that wasn't a big deal. It's just a cast, and I was actually really upset because I didn't know it was broken. I thought it was sprained, and mm -hmm. the the trainers at uh, at Eastern didn't, uh, so I was still pole vaulting during that time. And they just, they're like, kept on taping it and wrapping it. I think I did two meets with it broken. And I like, they, yeah, this is when you did, did you fall down the stairs? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quote, quote unquote, fell down the stairs. <laughs> can't, can't tell the track coaches that you, you broke your wrist skateboarding. Um, and so the trainers would tape it up before the meet and then I would put duct tape on it after. Because the the tape job wasn't quite enough, I needed to mobilize a little more, and it was excruciating to, to pull vault with it. Um, and yeah. it wasn't getting better, so I, they sent me to the doctor to get an X ray. And the doctor came in and was like, 
okay, so we're going to put a cast on. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about a cast? I'm like, it's just sprained. And it's like, he's like, show me the crack. But year, I think like five years later is when I broke it again. And that one was a big deal because it dislocated also. And that was, but again, aside from those two times, those broken wrists, the skateboarding mm-hmm. then got to that point where I'm like, I, I was improving, but I knew I was good enough and wasn't taking enough risk or so much risk that I couldn't bail everything pretty easily. And then, sure. but now I, because I, because of life changes and I just haven't been able to go as much, I'm, I have now backtracked. And so I've lost a right. ton of tricks and it's really frustrating to go and skateboard because I still feel what they all feel like, and there's no reason why I can't do them. I just haven't been skating enough, and so they don't feel right, and so they scare me out of my mind, which is mm-hmm. then also really frustrating because I hate being restricted by fear. And sure. so then you go up, yeah. and you're going to do this basic trick that you've done a thousand times and never fallen on, never had a bad time, and you just like you get to the apex, and you just throw it away because you're like, ah, something spooked you. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, what the hell is that? Like, yeah, and it might have been real or not. Like, there's so many things that you bail on something because you know intuitively you're off by an inch, well, and that inch yeah. might really take you out. Or you kind of think maybe I am, and you're not real. Nowadays, it's not. It, there's nothing there. I mean, yeah, maybe like one out of ten attempts, there might have been something a little off. But now it's just like, nope. It's just, it's just me. It's just me being scared sure. and ba- like, like simple tricks like a rock to fakie. I can't do on my local bowl because it just mm-hmm. terrifies me front side errors i've lost i've lost like so many tricks through not skating the past three years consistently and right. very much that yeah it's, it's been a struggle to deal with you know yeah and if you're not used to falling falling hurts it, it can yeah <laughs> you stop doing it the right way and stuff like that is when you get hurt like you do yeah. it all the time it's not a big deal and that's kind of where when you're not where i was going with like yeah. the skateboarding has did get to that point where like falling wasn't a big deal. Like I'd gotten to, to mm-hmm. a, a stage where taking a fall was not a problem and I wasn't taking such big risks. Like we kind of were back during that summer of learning how to skate yeah. bowls. And like just that, that learning how a bowl works when you're learning to skate, you know, it's just different than right. riding down a hill. And so it takes a little bit more. And going so far above your ability level, yeah. you know, we were pushing hard yeah. rather than, um, rather than being around your ability level and then just adding a little piece. Right. Like, no, we were going beyond where we were yeah. good enough to ride constantly to try and get that good quickly. Exactly. But that was, that was the thing where since once I moved over here, like I still wanted to progress and like, skateboarding became a lot more fun than snowboarding because again it was easier to get to right i I remember going snowboarding up to silver a couple times like before we moved over here and thinking on the chairlift and being like i could just be skateboarding right now like it's spring you know i know the bowl is dry i didn't have to drive an hour to get here and then sit on a chairlift to take like 10 runs and then sit in a car yeah. and go and like that was in that moment that was so painful to me. I'm like, I just don't care about this at right. all, you know? And like a thing that I enjoyed so much of and it was just like lost. It was gone. I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'd rather be skateboarding right now. This is not fun. Yeah, that is the great thing about skateboarding too, is you can just go do yeah. it and then be done. Yeah. You know, you can go you can go man, if you're skating by yourself, fifteen minutes can destroy you. Yeah. To where you're just 
<laughs> worn out yeah. and you're good to go. And uh, yeah, compared to snowboarding where it takes a whole day most of the time. Right. And, you know, and even then it's kind of hit and miss as far as what the weather's going to do and all that. Yeah, nowadays so. snowboarding is super fun if I'm with the right people. If right. I'm not with the right yeah. people, it's just not enjoyable at all anymore. Well, that is what keeps me teaching all the mm -hmm. time is because I have all my friends. I can grab someone for a run all the time. Yeah. You know, I've got people that I just love to ride with that are just there and I'm there a couple of times a week. So yeah. you get all of that. And, um, yeah. So same thing though. That is like my favorite thing. And, um, and uh, you know, and yeah, having that good crew. Cause if, yeah, if I didn't have that again, snowboarding by yourself, it's not fun. Yeah. And, and I'm, dude, I'm, I'm jealous and envious of, of you and mom and dad and Tiana always riding with like, that close knit group of people over there. It just, it looks mm -hmm. like so much fun, you know, I, yeah, it's a blast. A and time. you can get creative with it all. You know, you've all ridden together so much that yeah. like, Oh, we can go have fun on the bunny hill or whatever, you yeah. know, basically we can just make something interesting no matter where we go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is wonderful. Yeah. And it's, it's, I miss the feeling of riding so much that everything is an afterthought. Like you don't have to think too right. much about the setup. Like uh, the last couple of times I've ridden with you, it's, it's not scary. But things go through my mind of like, I want to go here. I want to try this. Like on, like just suddenly, like we're, we're riding through a thing like, mm -hmm. oh, I should pop up here and do this. And I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't, you right. know, because I haven't been riding a lot. My skill level is like, it's competent. It's fine. But, you know, there, but you're on your third day for the year and I'm on my 30th day for the exactly. year. Exactly. There's just a different you know, type that, of competency. A big difference in how your leg's going to react to things. Yeah. What you're intuitively going to do. Yeah. You know, how comfortable you are landing a thing. All that changes just depending on how many miles you have in recently. It's the intuition, like you just said. It's the intuition of it that it gets lost. Mm -hmm. Like I have a, a certain amount of, I have a baseline skill level. So my intuition is at that level. But when right. you're riding a yep. ton, your intuition gets a little bit higher. And that's what I don't right. have, but I remember having, so I think I can do it. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. And that's where I gets lost. Hey, to, uh, to shift gears briefly yeah. here, but, um, we have, uh, our listeners have requested some things that I want to, uh, <laughs> get by you. Both listeners requested something. Dude, we, there's more than that. I mean, we are internationally known, <laughs> as you've seen. We have someone, you know, we have fans in Costa Rica and yeah. and Finland. Because yes. it was a Finland? Yeah, because yeah, Nikki was in Finland, Finland. And I think I have a client that listens that was in Costa Rica briefly. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we are, yeah, a, a internationally renowned. Yeah. Um, no, but I actually I do get, I get feedback Good. from several people pretty regularly. Okay. And um, so two things that have been requested okay. um one actually the main one is for us both to do the same workout again and then discuss how it went okay good so for instance yep. like we you know we talked about doing the 800 repeats that we did yeah and um, that awful workout <laughs> yes now here's another awful one that i think you're going to hate more than oh, that no because this is what the request is is um long slow distance <sighs> God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm, that's the thing is I'm up for a challenge. I'm fine with the challenge yeah. thing. Um, what, so what, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> like, is there something specific? So I think, so I think there's two, well, and I think it's more just so that we, you know, to do the same thing and talk about how that reacted for the two of us. Cause with our, as much as we both run, we both run very different ways. We're both mm -hmm. training drastically differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and our relationship to running is also very different. Yeah. 
you know, we come from totally different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So, um, so as we do similar workouts, it then reacts with us very differently. Yeah. So anyway, and then the other one that the other workout that was requested is to do, um, a version of fartlex. Yeah. I mean, I've done so many fartlex over the years. That was, that yeah. was our rest day in college. It was every okay. weekend, go do a fartlek. And uh -huh. I didn't know what that was at first, but I, sure. you know, pretended I did quote unquote. And so I just, I right. would just go, you like sped up and slow down. Sometimes. I would just go run for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the downhills were a little quicker. And I didn't really know my, like, oh yeah, I know what a fartlek is. Yeah. You just go and then you like go slower maybe and then faster. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I think that that's a fun challenge here okay. that we're, let's, uh, let's, you know, after this, let's put something together here that we'll both go and do I'm in. and, uh, and see, and then discuss how the, how it was for I us. I won't go over seven miles. <laughs> I just don't have, Sounds I just don't have that kind of time. <laughs> well, I did, I was successful in my pancake run that I did it slow enough to where I was really hungry by the end. Unfortunately, I was really hungry at mile 10. <laughs> Like so hungry. Like I was running with uh, Mike Atkins, yeah. and uh, and he is very much trained for longer distances mm -hmm. more than me. Yeah. He runs a lot of you know ultra marathons right now. He's training for a fifty miler down oh. in Arizona. He's going to do soon. So God. anyway, so he's trained that way very very well and knows how to like bring things along or eat and drink while running and stuff. Yeah. And I am not trained that way. Also, I don't have very much experience that way either. I'm not good at that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we hit right around mile ten. And, uh, I was so hungry and I brought nothing with me of yeah. course, because usually a half marathon for me is like, um, you know, an hour 35, an hour 40, somewhere right in there. And at an hour and a half, I can run an hour and a half. I can work out for an hour and a half with not needing anything. Yeah. Um, but it's close. <laughs> it's like <laughs> about two minutes after that hour and a half, I'm in yeah. trouble. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, and so we took off slow. We talked the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was just great, you know? And so, you know, it's purposely not racing, you know, we're, right. we're going along at a, at a just fine clip and everything, but it took us, uh, we ran it in just under two hours. Okay. So we were like eight forty pace or something like that. Okay. And, um, Anyway, but yeah, with three miles left, I, I told Mike, I'm like, hey, I'm struggling hard. <laughs> like, I am so hungry right now that my will to keep moving is almost gone. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't want to just... And then, like, my legs started to feel fatigued. Everything started to feel so fatigued yeah. um, just from running for so long. And uh, luckily, he saved the day. He had some gummies there that seriously helps so yeah. much and yeah i was able to just like i got one stuck in one of my teeth and just sucked on the pieces of it for a long time just so my body would feel like something's going in there and um yeah and that helped i mean really saved my life because oh, i was not gonna make it there and it wasn't uh yeah and it was we were running from the valley to downtown okay so there's no like turnaround point yeah. or you know help of any kind it's just you just gotta <laughs> make, have to you gotta there, make right? it there right <laughs> I got to make it, but nothing in me wants to make it there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, there's a McDonald's a few blocks over here. Can we yeah. just go there and, and call Christy? She can pick us yeah. up, you know? <laughs> okay. So, okay. So long and slow. What well, man, long, slow. What would the slow have to be though? Like how slow do you think we would need to be? Uh, I think it needs to, probably we need to go with off of heart rate more than anything. Right. So, um, I can go pretty, and probably a good discussion with that too is, um, you know, there's, uh, a big f kind of fad going on right now to a degree of, um, 
run slower to go faster is like a phrase you hear all the yeah. time, right? We've talked about that a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, it totally works. But you also have to go fast. You also have too. to go fast. <laughs> you know, your fast days have to be faster. Your slow days can be way slower. Yeah. But your fast days have to be then way faster, right? right? right. Doing that definitely works. So um, anyway, I think we need to do it more like according to probably heart rate or something, like mm. zone two. Zone two for over an hour. Yeah, what would that be like? Now that's that's. I think you got to be slower than eight minute miles. That's too low though. Zone. Wait, wait. Is zone two like zone one is the lowest? Zone two is next. Zone three, zone four, right? That yeah, way? zone one is like if I'm well, and I might be butchering this because I'm not a heart rate guy really, yeah. but I think zone one is like uh, you're moving. Okay. You know, like walking around the house. Zone two is like the next step above mm-hmm. that. So it's, you know, you're in the low one hundreds. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Oh man. So you so you're like. 100 to 120 that would be so i don't man that's a tough one i don't know i could go pretty fast keep my heart rate that low (laughs) (laughs) that's not the point (laughs) i know (laughs) i could though i bet um okay so then what remind me what a fart lick is make sure i'm i'm correct well, we should probably look up. Let me get the exact definition because a fart lick and intervals are not the same thing. No, and, so. and I've heard this. I, you know, being loosely in the running community for a long time, I've heard so many different descriptions of a fart lick. Yeah, so let's let's find the definition. So fart lick training, which translates now, um, fart lick is. Uh, I always thought it was German. Fart lick is Swedish. Oh. And it translates to speed play in Swedish. That's that's fun. I like that. Yeah, that is fun. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so it's similar to interval training. It involves varying pace or difficulty during main, while maintaining cardio. Um, so basically, actually, really, according to this, because I thought it was a little bit more more defined than that according to this basically it's just it's just changing up your speeds during a run um random variations in speeds and intensity okay alternating between bursts of sprints to slower recovery jog oh hold up let me silence this okay there we go um so basically when i did my very first fart lick back in the day i was right (laughs) yeah you you played around with some speed i nailed it (laughs) So um, what I was trying to do is basically pick a spot in the distance, uh, go fast to there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was usually said is to do it like about at 80%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for whatever distance you just picked, you know, if you picked a quarter mile away, yeah. what's 80% of how fast you can run a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to jog as slow as you want to until you get to the next section yeah. and then pick another one again and go again. But I think the point here. Um, to a degree of this versus intervals intervals where it's really you know like our 800s was intervals where it's very structured mm-hmm. where it's like this amount of time you go fast this amount of time you go slow yeah. or this amount of distance you go fast this amount of distance you go slow and this one you're picking different ones so it's always varying mm-hmm. so i'm going to pick okay that street sign down right, there right. i'm going to go fast to that one yep you don't actually know the distance you're guessing mm-hmm. And then you're slow again. You're going to go slow, then pick another spot. Okay, when I reach this spot, I'm taking off again. Yeah. And um, and just playing around with your speeds all over the place. And um, and talk about so good for getting your legs where they get used to certain paces. Okay, now let's take that apart. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and, and so you so your body does not get rigid into these are these are the paces I go. 
Yeah, I, I do. A, I do a great variation of that on my three mile run sometimes where I'm going to do I go out and do a, a half mile intervals, but then I just get really tired. So I do quarters instead sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it a fart lick, right? Because you were not consistent. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad I, I get like three, three half miles done and I start the fourth one. I'm like, I just I'll just go to a quarter. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So let's plan them out this week. Let's, okay. let's pick a day to do either one of those. Um, I think the fartleks probably need to be outdoors. For, oh, yeah, absolutely. They have to be. Yeah, because yeah. if we do that on a treadmill, it's going to get way too – you'll automatically fall into intervals. For yeah. Me. Like I'll get rigid about it. Me too. It. And then the, the, the fartlek, it needs to be like um, some parameters to it, like a, um, a time spent or something like that, right? Like Like, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of – a fart like, like and there's gonna be some parameters so that yeah. we're kind of doing uh, somewhat of the same thing yeah you want to do six miles oh god it's uh maybe maybe <laughs> i don't know it's so far i i ran we i ran five uh, and five and a quarter the other day that's the furthest i've ran in probably a couple of years <laughs> and we could shrink it down we could go we could go four. four yeah i don't want to go to three. no 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 three is too three is too short no it would need yeah, to be because I, I, it needed to be like three or five or somewhere in that in that range yeah um, um, I'll, I would probably prefer to do my normal six mile mm-hmm. loop. And if we want to do a shorter distance than that, I'll just, um, I'll, I'll just, you know, really jog slow for the first mile to just get a nice warm yeah. up first and then go. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some, some parameters. Another fun one that we should do is, um, uh, an old track workout I have that's, uh, you've done, you've done the distance variation of this, but this is the sprint variation. You go, um, 100 200 300 400 and then back down but repeating the four so you go one two three four four three two one with a mm-hmm. hundred meter jog in between each one okay but like 80 90 yeah. percent of every sprint this goes as fast right. as possible and you have to jog so it technically moving but between right. them, but the distance doesn't increase. It just stays at the hundred for every single time. But that will be a fun sure. one when it gets a little warmer, um, for me at least, uh, to go and do. Yeah, we are hitting a time where you need to not be outdoors too much. <laughs> not too much. Actually, no, it's fine. As long as it's a sunny day, I'll be all right. You know, it's not that bad. Okay. Um, well, we can plan that out a little bit. It's depending on what you need for okay. that. Because, yeah, right now we still aren't getting snow over here, so I can run outdoors yeah. for a while. There's no weather in the forecast even. So, yeah, it's not going to affect me really at all. But I do um, I do like that idea. I do like the um, uh, doing the same workouts and, and contrasting and comparing them again. And then also doing um, – we'll have to throw a couple lifting ones in there. I'll throw a couple uh, a couple weight, yeah. weight workouts at you um, and see how you fare with those. I like yeah. it. Yeah, because that is a bit of my focus right mm-hmm. now since I'm away from – like there's no races for a while. Yeah. I'm ready to like just destroy everything where I can't walk for a while in the gym. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm going to go do a little bit later I, I, today. I'm just going to go – yeah, because I've been avoiding – I avoid leg days in the gym during race mm-hmm. season because like, well, I don't want to take three days off while I'm trying to recover. Yeah, yeah. But uh, right now it's time for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'll have to throw some, some at you that are fun, some good sweet ones. We'll go from there. Cool. All right, we should probably wrap it up though. Sounds good. All right, sounds good. Later.